0: Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. Right, the Lord has been speaking to me for a while now. Normally my series do not go on this long. But this topic, I guess you could preach all year for it. If I had to, I would, and maybe I will. But we're talking about prayer. How can we live for God and serve God and understand God without prayer? We need to pray about it. We need to think about it. We need to read about it. We need to learn about it. We need to teach about it. And for whatever reason, I think this is week seven on prayer that I am on, and I am excited to continue, and I think I have a week or two more. Prayer. Lots of people are praying, even in church today. And when we pray, even corporately, when we pray and we sit down or we stand up, I imagine there are a lot of different prayers going up into heaven individual prayers prayers for someone else prayers for yourself prayers for your situation and so we've been going through the bible and we've been looking at all of the very successful and the most effective prayers in the word we've seen what corporate prayer looks like and praying one for another in a place public place We've talked last week, Pastor Pat was talking about attitudes to be, the attitudes that we need to learn in prayer and bring into our prayer life. We learned the Lord's prayer from Jesus himself, amen? We learned Elijah and having a commanding prayer, using the authority that is within you to pray forth. We learned from the disciples that we can pray for increased faith. And then we learned from Hannah to remember me. To tell God and to remind God to remember me and the promises he's made in your life. Last week, uh, or the week before, we remember uh, Gideon and we learned the give me a sign prayer. Amen? Well, today, I want to talk about another type of prayer. And, And to tee this one up, I was trying to figure out the best way to do it. So I figured, let me just be as candid as possible. How many of you pray like this? Oh, Lord, give me success. Just let that settle in for a second. Because maybe if, if you're me and I was sitting in the pew looking at this, I, maybe the first thing that comes to mind is like, can I even pray for that? Like, is that like, is that cool? Is, is that okay? Is that blasphemous? I don't know. Let me pray for success. How about, let's even take it a step further, Angie. How about pray for success today? I mean, today. Lord, I need you to, to make me successful, not tomorrow. Not when I graduate college. Uh, not, not when, you know, I'm a boss of a big company. I mean, make me successful today, Lord. Is this, is this prayer okay? You know, and that's the question we're going to ask ourselves today. Can you, can you pray this? So, if you will, Genesis, that's in the front of your Bibles. You can turn to it. Genesis chapter 24. I love Genesis. Because you can read any chapter in Genesis, and it's a story that will blow your mind. There's always a story in there like, did that really happen? Is that something that can happen? So I encourage you to turn to Genesis chapter 24. And I want to get you up to speed with what's happening at this time. But before I do, I want to pray again. Is that okay? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today your daily bread. Father God, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us, Father God, not into temptation, but deliver us from all forms of evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, Lord. I want you to sink it deep down inside today as we get this story. I want you to show them what you showed me, Lord. In Jesus' name, the church says, well, When people think of success, this usually comes to mind. Well, if my boss does this, or if I get this, or if I get this tax return, or however you structure the finances in your life, you may or may not think of money. So if you are, let's think about it for a second. I got some money on the screen. In fact, these are wads of $10,000 of $100 bills. So, Those $100 bills uh, stack up to 10,000, and 10,000 of those in a pile, if you put 100 of those 10,000 piles in a pile, you get a million dollars. That's what a million dollars looks like. I've never seen a million dollars, but there you go, and maybe you can... Think about that and think, well, what would I do if I had a million dollars? Some people say, and I've heard this, I would do anything for a million dollars. When I was a kid, they used to say, hey, would you eat this worm for a million dollars, right? Would, if I this concoction, would, would you talk to that girl for a million dollars, right? And when you're a kid, like, I'll do anything for a million dollars. Would you do anything for a million dollars? As adults, we're a little bit smarter because we know there are things we probably would never do for a million dollars. I want you to think, though, when you pray for money, are we really praying for the money or is there something else we're praying for? You see, this is a fundamental problem I see in Scripture that's different from what God does versus what we do. Oftentimes when we pray, we are praying for what I call objectives, even though we really want outcomes. So, for instance, we say, oh, Lord, I want to raise Well, do you want to raise because you want more money? Well, is that really what you want? Or is the outcome that you can have a balanced budget? And there are a lot of ways to have a balanced budget. Raise is one of them, amen? Or, Lord, I really pray that this test result comes back and shows that I'm healthy. That's an objective. Really? Is that what you want? Or do you really just want to be healthy? Care what the test says? I want to feel and be healthy all around. This test and all tests, amen? See, there are outcomes that oftentimes we don't think about, and we get hung up on just the objectives. If I had a million dollars, my life would be great. I'd be happy. All my bills would be paid. Really? Really? I mean, there are a lot of people who have a million dollars who say they're not happy. I I see it on TV all the time. In fact, some of them get a windfall of money, these athletes, and say they have more problems when they have the money than before they had the money. Amen? The question is, what would you do for a million dollars? Would you do anything? So the reality is, I'm probably willing to do something for a million dollars. I'll do something. Well, what is that something? What if I told you how to do something that made you feel like this? That is a picture of Macaulay Culkin. Remember him from, as my kids say, the 1900s? He doesn't look like that now, but I used him as a picture of the face because a lot of people tell me my son Lance looks just like this guy. Yeah, I guess I see the resemblance. So... Here's the situation in Genesis chapter 24. The situation is, is a man named Abraham. And he's been told that he's going to be the father of all of God's descendants. And he was in a land that was sinful. He moved out of that land into a land called Canaan. You guys know the land of Canaan. It's the land that became the land of milk and honey. So he's in Canaan. And he is growing his family there and growing all of his peoples. And he has a son. His son is named Isaac. And his son is now 40 years old. I know how he feels. And Isaac is not interested in getting married. He's not interested in having kids. He's interested in just being part of the family business, which is a billion-dollar business. So things are looking pretty good. Abraham is a little frustrated, though, because he wants his son to get married and have a son because that's what God told him to do. And Isaac needs to get on board with God's plan. And so Abraham is like, well, we have a problem here, because I'm in the land of Canaan, and those are a lot of foreigners, and those foreigners don't believe what I believe, and I don't want my son taking a wife from um, these Canaanites, I want him to take someone from our bloodline and from our heritage and from our community, I'm sure you guys can understand that. Problem is, there's none of those people around, other than his close relatives, And so he needs to go back to his old homeland, way back where, and he needs to get a wife from there. But Isaac don't want to go. Isaac don't think he can find anybody there. He's like, I'm not going to go there and and find myself a woman. So what am I going to do? I may get rejected. I may not find anybody. I may die on the way. I'd rather sit here and enjoy all of God's privileges. Amen? So Abraham's got a conundrum. What does he do? Abraham then talks to his closest friend confidant, servant. His friend is Eliezer or Eli. Eliezer, he is his oldest servant, his most trusted servant. And Abraham goes to him and says, I need you to go over there 450 miles away. Now they didn't have cars back then and they didn't, it was through a desert. So they couldn't ride horses. They had to walk. So this is like four months. I need you to go four months through the desert." I need you to find a beautiful young woman unmarried and available to be married convince her to come with you back through the desert 450 miles to meet my son, sight unseen and marry him when she gets here. Just let that settle in for a second. That's not one of these dating sites that we know today, church. That is literally like the Mission Impossible song. Now, on top of this, I just want you, to, I want you to make sure you understand it. If Isaac doesn't get married and have a child, and Isaac passes away, then Abraham has no descendants. That means that Abraham's whole estate, all his wealth, everything, guess who it goes to? His next in command. This guy. This guy is in line to get basically a billion dollars. But if he takes this mission, he'll go across the desert. If he finds a wife and Isaac has a son and the tradition carries on, all that and then transfers to him and Eliezer, well, I don't know what he gets left. Maybe it's just a million dollars. So what would he do for this million dollars? Will he do it for Abraham? Will he go across the desert? Will he find this woman? Do you guys know how this story goes? Do you remember how this story goes? Okay, my belief is he had this face like he's like, are you kidding me? I have to do all of this, and I'm going to lose money in the process? Let's see how it goes. So, in this story, he crosses over, and in verse 12, it says, "'O Lord, God of my master Abraham,' he prayed, "'please give me success today, and show me unfailing love to my master Abraham.'" See, I am standing here besides this spring and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Okay, so he says... Give me success today. Think about that for a second. He was just told by his master, he's got to go across this land. And I imagine he's thinking to himself, I, I can't do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. This is a mission impossible. I'm to fail at this and yet he has to stand on basically the mountaintop and say give me success today and i say did that happen did it really happen in scripture yeah absolutely it happened just like this oh lord please give me success today genesis 24 12 why do i want to pause here i want to make such a big point this sounds like a very selfish sounding prayer is that okay Is that okay? The Bible says this is exactly what he prayed. And some amazing things happened after that. Somebody needs to hear today that God cares about what's going on in your life. Somebody needs to hear today that God cares about what's going on in your life today. And that he wants to meet your need today. In fact, he wants to meet way beyond, beyond your need today. And you know what he's waiting for? He's waiting for you to ask him. God wants to do something for you today. This is one of those sermons where we talk about, hey, well, if you pray these things, something doesn't happen. You know, we need to wait. We need to learn a lesson. We've prayed that sermon. We've heard that. And there are times where God needs to do things in your life. And there are times where God needs to wait. And God asks you to wait. There are all those times. And there are also times in the Bible where God says he's going to do something today. Somebody needs to hear that God intends to do something today in their life. Amen? Okay, so what happens after this verse? So he's praying this prayer. Oh, Lord, please give me success today. And what he does, he says, I'm praying that I'm going to meet a woman, and that woman is going to not only give me water, we're in a desert, but she is going to draw water for my camels. Now, I need you to understand the full picture here. This man is coming across town, basically across the world in his view, to... Go basically impress some young lady. How's he going to do that? Well, he's going to do that with like riches and glory. He brought a bunch of like camels. So he don't have one. He's got a whole bunch of them with all kinds of stuff. Gold and, and, and things to trade and things to have. You know, He's going to try to impress her. So he's bringing all this. The problem is all these camels, it's not easy to water a bunch of camels. They're going to have to fill up a whole trough and fill up maybe lots of buckets of water to fill up this trough to, to water the camels. This is a pretty big deal. And for a woman in the middle of high day where she's hot and she came to get some water for her family, probably not something that's going to happen. So this is what he's praying. Amen? The next verse. It says, before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman. What do you need to hear today? You need to hear that God is Working. God is working even before you prayed that prayer that you want answered today. God is moving even before you thought about praying the prayer that you were going to pray today. God is moving and he wants to do something in your life. Are you hearing me, church? He's working ahead of you asking. Your heavenly father is preparing for your provision right now. As He was praying the woman was on the way. As he was praying, she had the buckets. As he was praying. So that means before he ever stepped foot in that place and began praying, she'd already left her house. She was already walking up. She came to the well. And he opened his eyes. He's still praying before he even said amen. He sees a woman. It was a young woman. Bible says it was a pretty woman. He then asked her, will you give me some water? He's an older guy, so maybe she expected, yeah, okay, I'll give you some water. You need some water, get some water. Then she looks over and sees the camels, the Bible says. Bible then says, She says, Let me water all your camels. She goes to the well, takes a bucket of water, pours it in, takes another bucket of water, pours it in, takes another bucket of water, pours it in. He's thinking, What? The first person I just met is going to do exactly what I just prayed for after he just prayed, Give me success. Look at the next verse. It then says, the servant watched her in silence. Now, by the way, this is a grown man. He's watching this woman get the water and pour it into his thing. Because he's just in a, he's like, is this happening? Is this happening? Is she doing this? I just prayed and it's happening that fast? And it says, he's wondering whether or not the Lord has given him success, say success, in his mission. This is the first thing I want you to think about. If you're going to pray for success, first of all, answer the question, what is your mission? What mission are you on today? Because if your mission is personal gain, hurt everyone else so that you can get farther above in the world, if that's your mission, I doubt the Lord's going to honor it. If your mission is to gain more so people can have less, I doubt the Lord's going to honor it if your mission is to help others no matter what the cost, if your mission is for God to pour into your life so you could be a factory to pour out into other people's lives, I guarantee you the Lord is going to hear you when you pray that prayer. What is your mission? What is your ministry? What does the Lord set you out today? And don't think for a second it needs to be so big and bold to start a new company and make a million dollars. How about just be a dad and be the best dad you can be? Or granddad or mom or grandmom. Or wife, or husband, or best friend, or teacher, or whatever you do that the Lord has put in front of you. Because we learn when you focus on what the Lord has in front of you, he takes you to the next level. E.G. Gideon, amen? What is your mission? It says mission, success in his mission. He's wondering about his objective. He's thinking about his objective isn't that Isaac get married and has all these kids. He can't, that's out of his control. He can't handle that. His mission was to find a woman. Find a woman that will go back. And see, he doesn't know yet. Is this woman, she looks young. Is she the right age? Is she married? Is she pure? Is she eligible to be married? Is she Jewish? Is she even willing to come with him? See, he doesn't know yet. If this is the right girl at the right age with the right history, he's not sure. I go back to Genesis twenty-four. 15. Before he had finished praying. Before he had finished praying. You can keep reading here, and you can go down and read verse 18, 21, 23, but I wanted to make this more of a shorter sermon. I'd rather get to the point than belabor the story. You know why? Because some of you need to read the story yourself. Get in the Bible tonight and read Genesis chapter 24. It's pretty awesome. I don't need to read it to you right now, but I'll tell you what happened. God works it all out. This woman happens to be the right girl The right time. This woman had the right attitude. She had a servant attitude. She's serving the camels. She's serving Eliezer. She was there at the right time and she's the right age. Not only is she the right age, she's of the right history. She then tells Eliezer that, hey, I'm of the descendant of the Jewish people and I'm a distant descendant. That's good because I don't want to marry my sister. So he's like, hey, yeah, this is great. Now he says, you have a father. Can I talk to him? Can we work all this out? She's like, yes, I want to do that. And to make matters even better, when he gets to our house, the mom and dad are like, whoa, this sounds a little bit crazy. We know God is working, but I'm just not sure. You guys know how that is, right? Oh, yeah, God's working. Let me pray on it. Well, God's working. Let me pray on it. God's working. Let me pray. God's moving right now. Move, he says. And then the mom and dad are like, well, if God's really moving, he'll talk to my daughter. So he goes to his daughter and says, her name is Rebecca. Rebecca do you want to travel 450 miles across the desert to meet some guy you've never met and marry him when you get there? Is that what you want to do today? And she goes, yes, yes, that's what I want to do today. I feel God calling me. This is an amazing story. All of that happened before he had finished praying. There are things today that God has in store for you, in store for me. It's on the platter, ready to be served. And all he's waiting for us is to pray for it. And when we do, he'll deliver it before we've even finished the prayer. But so often, we won't pray for it. Usually, most of the time, because we think we can do it ourselves. Let's be honest. And the other times is because we don't think God cares about us enough to do anything that's going to help us or pour into our lives in some personal way. If it's not about Kingsway or it's not about the church or not about a ministry, God doesn't care about it. No, God cares about you, your family, your well-being, and your desires. Amen? This sermon has a title. I call it Daddy Says Yes. Yes. You see, before he started praying, the heavenly father we had was saying yes to Eliezer. He was saying yes to Rebecca. He was saying yes to the father and mother. He was saying yes to Abraham. He was saying yes to the whole Jewish people. He was saying yes. And do you realize that your heavenly father wants to say yes to you this morning? Do you understand that, church? You do. Anybody else understand that? God is good. And all the time come on. If I have to wake you up, I will. Church, I want you to get a hold of this. So I was trying to figure out a way that I could share this with you. Because again, this was before he had finished praying. That means that God had already prepared this. He was ready to go. This sermon was prepared even before I even thought about it. How did I come up with this sermon? How did I know it would be this one that I would preach today? Well, my son has a uh, a senior... thing, a yearbook where you have to fill out a page and you have to put all these pictures about when they grew up and you got to stick them in there and put all these nice quotes and say how much you love your son so we can pay all this money so they can put in the yearbook so maybe he can open it up one day when he's married and be like, hey, my mom and dad love me. So in the process of that we have to find all these pictures of him growing up. So to put it in there and so my wife was on that and I was helping her get the pictures and then and then it happened. I came across one of those, you know, the videos that you take a long time ago and you're like, I know it's important now but I don't know what I ever will use it and I probably will forget it and maybe even just it'll get lost in the grand scheme of things. But because of iCloud it's been saved for like 12 years. So I had this video it's not actually Austin and I've been given permission this is of Madison, and Madison is really, really little in this video. And the context of this video is: Mommy had left the house to go do something. Daddy was left. Daddy was left. Now this is. Look, I was still learning. Daddy was left to parent, and um, I parented like any good father would, Jimmy. So lots of good things to pick up in this one, and. Because Maddie is speaking baby talk, we'll turn the volume up as loud as we can. I put some subtitles on there. Here's what you need to know. Madison, now that mommy's gone, really, really wants a cookie. Let's see how it goes here. She's nervous. What do you want, honey? Huh? What do you want? A cookie. A cookie. That cookie. I, th- I thought you wanted this. Huh? I thought you want this. That's Bridget. She just came home. Can I have yep, you can have whatever you want. Thank you, Maddie. Yes! Yes! So that video just goes down the history of the Simon family that daddy says yes. I don't even know if I had a cookie, Jimmy, but I was going to give it to her after all that, right? (laughs) That's what daddies do. They say yes. By the way, most moms want daddy to be the one that says no all the time. So in my house, I like to be the one that says yes. I make mommy say no. So Madison, you could tell, became elated with joy the moment that she understood that daddy said yes. In fact... From that video, she was probably more excited about the fact that I said yes than even that she was eating the cookie because at no point she ate the cookie. She was just excited that I said yes. Are you tracking with me, church? Do you realize today, church, you have a heavenly father who loves you more than I do, who loves you more than I love Madison, and he sits in heaven today waiting for you to ask him for that which he already wants to give you so he can say yes. And you can feel it, and you can run around like this and say, Daddy says yes. So what are you waiting for? Ask. God will not immediately say no. We have this preconception that God will always say no to all of our prayers. So we only ask him the really tough prayers that we know he's going to say no, and we have to wait on. Don't do that. Don't do that. And by the way, this wasn't a timid yes That that he gave, not just in the video, but that God gave to Eliezer. It wasn't a timid yes, it was a terrific yes. This wasn't an almost yes. This was an overwhelming yes. It wasn't a sketchy yes. It was a spectacular yes. He found a, a beautiful, young, virgin, unmarried girl that was living in a pagan land that happened to be Jewish who was willing to travel 450 miles. In this direction, across the desert, to marry a man sight unseen. If that's not a yes, what is one? What do I have to say about that? God is good. And all the time. In this story, everyone ended up being blessed. Because of this prayer, and because of his obedience, everyone was blessed. Eliezer was blessed because he did what his master said. Uh, Abraham was blessed. He got a new daughter-in-law in in the process. Uh, Of course, Isaac was blessed. He got a beautiful young bride who he married and ended up having sons with. Let's see. Rebecca was blessed. She not only got taken out of a pagan land, she got brought into and now had a husband and had a future. She also came from becoming a servant to straight royalty. Just think about that. She woke up one day going to get some water. A few minutes later, she became the bride of a prince. Are you tracking, church? Do you see how things can change instantly? We constantly think about how they could change instantly after an accident or a bad decision. But do you know today, after one prayer, your life could change and your life could be unrecognizable from where it was yesterday if God says yes? This guy here, his name is Ray Kroc. You may know him as Mr. McDonald's. He's the guy who figured that whole thing out. He has this quote. The key to success is being in the right place at the right time. Many of us would say that. We understand that. But then he says, and recognizing that you are there and taking action. I want that to settle in today. Because as we look at these scriptures, we learn that not only is God providing for us, he has already prepared it for us before we even prayed it he knows desires of your heart and a lot of times we want things our way and not his way so we won't ask him to do it his way and a lot of times we know what his way is and we don't want to do it his way so we don't even pray it that way but he wants to do it his way in your life he wants to have his way in your life that's what the prayer says his will here on earth amen and in this particular example, there were specific targets that Eliezer said. He's like, hey, you know, I want the girl to give me water, and then I want her to put water in my camel's trough here. And so I have very specific things. We need to pray that way, church. You can't wake up in the morning and say, ah, Lord, I want, to, I want to be happy today. He said, Lord, give me success in this way. Do this for me today that I know that you will provide for me, Lord. We need to get more specific in how we're praying that God will meet our needs. Amen? But it's not just that. Ray Kroc was on to something. Recognizing you are there and taking action. This man had to do a lot of things. He had to travel 450 miles. He then, after he met this woman, had to go convince this woman's mom and dad to release her to him and travel back. He had to do a lot of things to get this thing to work. And you may say, well, that's a a really specific example in Scripture, Pastor Sean, and, you know, I don't know if God works that way all through Scripture, or my favorite, this is my favorite, God, he did that stuff, you know, in the Old Testament, it's like way back when. He doesn't do that stuff now, I don't remember any of that stuff in the New Testament, really? I just want to hit you a couple verses here before we close out here. Mark, chapter 14, verse 27, do you remember this? Tax time, anybody knows tax time? I can't imagine what you think when you think tax time, but tax time, and back then there was tax time, and they didn't have money to pay taxes, so what did they do? Did they run out of town? Did they skip on taxes Did they not pay it? No, they prayed a prayer. Jesus said, go down to the lake, throw in a line, open the mouth of the first fish you catch. So now that they're catching a fish, do you like fishing now? You ever found coins in a fish's mouth? Ever? Yeah, I would ask Jack, has that ever happened? I don't know, but apparently it happened in the Bible. First fish you catch, and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax. Think about that for a second. Is that not God preparing something? That fish had already got the coin, it was already swimming around, it was already at the top of the thing, it was already hungry, it was already ready to take the bait. God had prepared it before he'd even finished praying. Is that it? No? No, there's more. Matthew 21. Go into the village over there, and as soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with a colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. This is Jesus going to Jerusalem. He needed to come on a donkey with a colt. That's what the prophecy said. Disciples got to Jerusalem. They didn't have no donkey. They didn't have no colt. Jesus said, go, you'll see one over there. God had prepared one for him before he ever stepped foot in Jerusalem. God has prepared things for you before you've even begun to think about what you have to pray for. Amen. Is that it? No, there's a lot more. Here's one more right here. Mark chapter 14, verse 15. This is a great one. This is at the time of the Last Supper. So you know the big uh, Last Supper. You know the beautiful, was it, Da Vinci picture of the big table with the 12 disciples and Jesus in the Last Supper. And I'm sure you moms are thinking, that, that's probably a lot to prepare for. That's a lot to do. Yeah, well these disciples, they were running away from criminals at this point. Like, how are they going to prepare all that? You may not remember how this goes. disciples go, it's Passover, Jesus. What are we going to do? He says, You're going to meet some guy, and some guy's going to take you upstairs to a large room that's already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. In other words, the Last Supper had a room that was already set up. God had already spoken to some stranger to set up a room that he didn't even know why he was setting it up. And that's the place where the Last Supper happened. God is waiting for you to ask, but then... There's stuff for you to do. In every one of these examples, the guy had to fish first. The guy had to go and grab that donkey and colt with people staying around watching him basically steal it. And he had to be willing to do that. Here, they had to be willing to knock on some stranger's door and say, so, yeah, I'm the random guy who I think you have a room for me upstairs. I'm going to bring my party to hang out at your house. Like, is that cool? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, that's totally cool. Like, these are not normal things. This is a real stretch of faith that you have to do. You have to be willing to do it. You have to be willing to maybe walk 450 miles in the desert. The question then is, do you trust him? All throughout scripture, God is telling us he has a plan for you and he has a plan for me. All throughout scripture, he is saying that he has got something that he cannot wait to share with you. And there are things that are huge and big and take time for God to work things out in our life and others' life. And there are other things that God wants to give you today. Have you prayed for a miracle in your life today? Have you given God the opportunity to give you success today? He has what you need. It's already in the works. Something you must do. What is that thing you must do? Back then, God needed to speak in audible voice. Today, he doesn't need to do that. There's a whole Bible. What do you need to do? You need to be obedient. The Holy Spirit's in your heart. You already know what the right thing to do is. You just need to do it. And as you stay obedient, and you stay focused on that was is in front of you, and you add to that, that God blesses by giving you success today, he will change your life. How many of you are considering adding this prayer to your daily prayer routine? Amen? So Genesis 24, 12, going back there, says, Oh, Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed. Please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. See, there's a nuance here. There was a small little thing that you may not have caught if you just listened to the sermon and didn't read the scripture. You go back in the scripture, you'll catch this. You see, this guy here was praying for success, and he was asking for it not just for himself but For Abraham. For Abraham. I want to point out a couple things here as we are about to close. Eliezer was not a big name in the Bible. You probably don't even know his name. He wasn't studied. He didn't go to a Bible school. He wasn't a prophet. There's no book um, in the Bible named after him. And in fact, after this, you hear very little about him. You exactly know who Abraham is. What am I saying? Abraham was not the one who prayed this prayer. It was Eliezer. You do not need Pastor Sean to pray your prayers for you. In this denomination... We believe the full gospel of the Bible and everything it says. And here's another prime example of a no-name man praying a prayer to change the destiny of mankind. That means every one of you could be an Eliezer today. All you need to do is be obedient. And on top of that, Eliezer didn't even serve the Lord. He just served Abraham. He was doing what he saw what was caught by his eyes like our children you know he was just following Abraham around he saw Abraham praying he saw all the things Abraham did so he did exactly what Abraham did when he got to the point where he couldn't do it himself he said let me pray I'll pray in the name of Abraham I'll do whatever I need to do show it to me Lord after this prayer go and read what Eliezer did Eliezer got to the the mom and dad house of, of Rebecca and he's like this God is awesome I love this God like you better not tell this guy no. This guy answered me back there. I'm going to serve this. I'm going to tell you all about this, guy. You understand what I'm saying, church. You don't need to be some special pastor. You don't need to know everything about the Bible. All you need to know is to be obedient, take one step and pray and allow God to use his will in your life. He picked us up from watching, just like our children. Your children will pick up everything you do. Make sure they see you pray. When things are difficult at home, make sure they see you pray. Not just at dinner table, not just at bedtime. You and your husband or you and your wife get into an argument at home and you're fighting and you feel embarrassed because your kids saw that. That's fine. Don't be embarrassed anymore. Stop arguing, grab each other and pray. Let them see it. If not in that moment, the next hour. If not in that hour, the next day. If not the next day, the day after that. But do it. Because one day they will. And they'll remember what you taught them. You know, as I became a pastor I've struggled with this why should we come to church why come to church we can pray prayers at home we can read the bible at home you can stream services way better than this on the internet from the biggest churches and the best pastors around the world you can turn on cable and they have like 15 of them on there with sermons that have been prepared for for months laid out masterfully I've only spent about 5 hours on this one why come to church you know in every sermon i tell you why and i just don't often point it out as clear as i am today but here's another reason this prayer was answered in part because it involved not just this man it involved abraham isaac rebecca uh, eliezer his parents the other parents this was not just his prayer it was the prayer of a community Church, when you come to a church and you come and see one another, you begin to learn what other peoples are praying for, what Miss Shirley is praying for, what Brother Bob is praying for, what Angie's praying for, what I'm praying for. And as you take those prayers to your own, and as you begin to pray for me and allow me to pray for you, God does bigger things. Because he wants us to be together in one heart, one mind, and one accord. And that is not something you do at home in your pajamas watching a service on TV. Amen? somebody needs to hear today that your heavenly father is saying yes there's too much focus when we go to stories in the bible we hear sermons about God's judgment and wrath and power to hold back teach lessons and send to the wilderness and there is a lot of that and that is necessary but we also need to focus on the Almighty, Heavenly Father, who treats you and me as His precious child, who wants to hold our hands and dance around in a little circle and say, "Yes, yes, yes." And today, you need to hear that your Heavenly Father is saying, "Yes." So this morning, I encourage you, even in this moment, to begin to think about what your mission is, not your agenda. What your dream is, not your desire. And begin to ask God to make it so and to bring good success into your life so that He can get 100% of the credit not your education, not your circumstances, that He can be the right time and He can be the right place. We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.